Expounded Universe, Season 12, Episode 7, Don't Go Chasing Holocrons. The book is Ruins of Dantooine by Veronica Whitney Robinson and Hayden Blackman. The year, 2004, Chapters 12 and 13, with your host Jeff and trying out a new nickname, Sleepy John. Let's go! Hey everybody, welcome to Expounded Universe, the Star Wars novel discussion podcast. It's me, Jeff, joined as always by Sleepy John. How are you, dude? I'm sleepy. I'm trying out this new nickname that I made up that I'm pretending that you're trying out right now, and honestly, I'm not liking it very much, so explain that to me. Uh, why you don't like it very much? Probably because you, in the back of your head, remember Sleepy Joe Biden as a thing. God, you're right. I do kind of remember that. I mean, that I, I felt like, did that actually take any purchase? I feel like it didn't matter by the, it, it was too, at the, by the time Sleepy Joe Biden was a thing that was being tossed around, we were already divided into teams that were just equally, well, not really equally, but one of them was very bloodthirsty. It didn't matter what they called Joe Biden. No, I mean, that, I don't think it matters what fucking Trump calls anyone. He's just going to be like, oh, I don't know, you're a dumpy man. You're <laughs> you got a, a dumb face, and I'm like I don't give a shit, man. Whatever. I'm calling you big bar boobies. Okay, well that's not gonna hold. I, I feel like I should probably quit and leave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyway, uh, that's about as much politics as I'm willing to talk about on the show at any given time. Uh, how are you in general? How's your How's your holiday season going? It's good. We got. Uh... We got a tree, we got some lights up on it, we, uh, I got a couple packages from, uh, friends and family, so I got a few gifts sitting around, so, you know, things are looking up. That's fantastic, that's nice to hear. I've had a few things arrive from family from far away, but not too much yet. Uh, I'm guessing the postal service is a little, uh, under duress at the moment. It's hard to get get uh, back up to speed in time for the holidays after trying to slow down enough to mess with an election. How are we still on that? It's my fault. It's my fault. <laughs> Although uh, I gotta say, okay. sent a thing to my sister like the other day, and she got it today. So fucking good going as far as in Southern California is concerned. Well, good. I hope the present I'm sending out to my brother in Kentucky makes it out there in time. Uh, who knows? impossible to say okay so uh <laughs> jesus yeah i i uh got you know those laser light things that people use instead of stringing up lights on their trees or their houses now yeah or they just point like a scatter laser at their house and it you know looks like they have a million laser pointers pointed at their house mm -hmm. well i got one of those as a gift from family and i tried setting it up so it would like point up into our trees and kind of create a dimensional effect and it worked a little bit but I couldn't get Sage, my kid, to care in the slightest. All she cared about was the laser itself, so she just ran over and looked right at it. Well, yeah, obviously. Yeah. So eventually, I discovered that the only way that it works as a holiday decoration without blinding my child is if I mount it on the, on the roof, or the, uh, yeah, on the roof, and point it at the grass in front of the house. And then she treats it kind of like how a cat would treat a laser pointer. She just runs through ah. a field of lasers trying to get them. 
And she's Good. been doing that for two or three nights straight now, just just rampaging through the yard, chasing lasers. That's great. That's a good mm-hmm. thing. So that's my holiday season. Luckily, we've got a fairly enclosed yard, so she's safe to run around out there all day trying to catch lasers. Oh, yeah, obviously. Mm-hmm. And now I'm getting ready to I'm uh, I'm gearing up for some serious holiday style bacon. Ooh, but ba- ba- baking. holiday I'm not bacon. Make, I'm not I'm not going to make bacon. I mean, I might make Aww. bacon, but it won't be holiday bacon. What would that even be like bacon with peppermint nodules on it? Ew. Sorry, I've got peppermint on my head because I'm making peppermint brownies. Yeah, no, peppermint ain't the only thing that's holiday. You have some nice ginger bacon, ginger bacon hot, or hot apple bacon. bacon. I mean, mm. hot apple bacon sounds good. I'm not going to lie. Uh, yeah, as soon as I said it, I was like, hold on. Hot apple bacon is actually a fucking great idea. Now, how do I make it and how do I get it into my mouth? So what you're going to do is. You're going to take some apple slices and you're mm-hmm. going to eat them and then maybe, I don't know, eat some bacon. <laughs> well, I think what I need to do is get some cold apple bacon and heat it up. Yeah. And that'll pretty much, that'll pretty much get me where I, you know what, why don't we, why don't we table this fascinating discussion and do the show? <laughs> maybe, sure. Why not? <laughs> uh, yeah. So <laughs> I think the reason that we're off on such a random tangent is because you know, in the hollowed history of episodes of this show, we have had several where the book is boring, but this one is pretty much the climax of the book, and it is is somehow new dizzying heights of boring, even for this book. Yeah, we have essentially two episodes until we're done. We've got this and then two more chapters, mm-hmm. and by the end of this, I'm still like, so, uh... We gonna we gonna do something or? <laughs> I mean, they're technically moving the plot along. They start this episode without the important holocron, and they end it with the important holocron. So that's something. But they found a way somehow. Life found a way to make the them finding the MacGuffin of the whole book kind of just uninteresting. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, not to super get ahead, but it's just like. And then I put my hand in a hole, and there it was. And you're like, great, good job. This is super exciting. I mean, part of it, I think, is that it's kind of late in the book for the obvious thing that's clearly happening here, which is they are definitely setting up Dusk to end this book being like, maybe I have secret Jedi Force sensitivities. I've always had yeah. questions. So, I've got I mean, so many questions, and Jedi have answers. Right. It's it's definitely what's happening. I was kind of looking forward to this book specifically because it didn't seem like it was going to be about obvious Jedis or future Jedis. But that seems to have been what's what's happening here. They are we're go, pushing further and further towards she's definitely a force sensitive and she's going to end up with a fa- fancy story. You know, if this book had been a success. Yeah. I mean, at least because there hasn't really been much of that up until this point, I was like, maybe it's just the fact that they are in Jedi ruins and like there are Jedi ghosts that are helping her mm-hmm. instead of she is a Jedi. But you know, that would, that would not play normally in a book. And she's definitely a secret Jedi because how yeah. can you have a star Wars book without a secret Jedi? That's definitely, unfortunately, what's happening here. We're, we're building towards a secret Jedi. 
So, uh, okay, might as well start from the beginning. They, they at the end of the last episode, after blowing up a lizard, they find the cave, and or, I'm sorry, a sort of set of natural stairs that leads down to the ruins of Dantooine, the titular book title ruins. And Indeed. these are apparently ruins of a Jedi, I want to say Praxium, or whatever you want to call a Jedi school or training facility. Yeah, although apparently Finn's thinking that uh, I guess even when they established the training center here four millennia ago, these were already ruins when they established it there. So they just found some ruins and went, ah, let's fuck around with lightsabers in this place. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I, I mean, that makes sense. That's where the new Jedi Academy is set up in the expanded universe is on some Yavin temple that turns out it used to be part of whole uh, XR Kun shenanigans. Ah, uh, shenanigans. So, so clearly Jedi are attracted to old crappy ruins. That's just a, a regular ongoing concern of theirs. Yes. And then they don't want to study them or know anything about them or respect them in any way. They want to swing lightsabers around in them and cut chunks of them off. Yeah, obviously. Duh. It's a tradition. It hasn't even ended yet. Remember when... Uh, in the the sequels, you've got you've got Ray just slicing chunks off that random island where all those like bird, fish monks lived. That wasn't Every, nice. Everybody loves the fish nuns. Why you gotta slice up these rocks? Yeah, let them have their fucking rocks. That place is millennia old. What are you doing? Blowing holes in their doors and whatnot. What so a anyway, jerk. I know they make it their way. They pick their way down to the ruins and they're just looking through them. And oh my god, they're boring. The ruins are just a bunch of big stone chunks with stone chunks on them. Yeah, there's... Given that this entire book is called The Ruins of Dantooine, and we have spent almost the entirety of it getting to The Ruins of Dantooine, we spend like a page and a half there, and it's just, what's this place? Ah, it's, it's like a stone building that's crumbling. Like, there's... It doesn't matter. We're going to immediately leave it. Yeah, which leads me to a point where I'm wondering if we maybe could brainstorm a better name for this book because it clearly is not about the ruins of Dantooine. No. I mean, it, the, the big event of the, the, the finale or climax of these chapters doesn't even happen in them. It happens in nearby caves instead. It should have been called Star Wars, the nearby caves. I mean, like I said, we're only in these ruins for about a page and a half and they yeah. don't matter at all to the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Star Wars, the nearby caves would have had more relevance to this book overall. Also, I would probably go with like a Doctor Do even less because it's just a character telling us what animals are for every chapter of the entire book, and this chapter is no exception. We what's going to happen here is after a little while looking through the ruins, uh, one of them touches a plinth that's in there, and they're like, I think after scanning some sensors around or using a sensor to scan this plinth, I found out that there's residue from the holocron. Maybe. Well, I mean. Finn's like, they'd tag the holocron, which is weird that you would tag the holocron, but he's like, ah, I'm picking up signals from the sensor on my sensor sweeper. And you're like, that's weird that you would have a super secret thing that you put in a holocron for some reason, and then instead of taking it with you, put in some weird caves near a temple that's ruined and then also put a tracking device on it that anyone can find. <laughs> and, and notably, tracking devices pretty much radiate some kind of energy outward. That's how they work as tracking devices. So 
that means they really are just saying like, hey, people should do like a big old sensor sweep on this area and they'll probably pick up the tracking signal. Yeah, it's anyway. weird that you would go to this much trouble to try and hide it away and then just be like, oh yeah, we also put LoJack on there just in case. Yeah, and I'm still, I mean, I know what's on the holocron and it's the weirdest thing that we're like, oh, you have to go to these 4,000 year old Jedi ruins and find an ancient Jedi artifact with up to the minute modern defector information on it. And it's like, what? What do you, are you what do you talk, why? Wouldn't, wouldn't it be better to put that at like, you know, in the rebel base with rebel stuff, but no, of course you know, it wouldn't with rebel stuff. Yeah. But obviously no, that that's not correct. Anyhow, the sensor thing tells him that it's behind a big waterfall. Yeah. And at this point, dusk gets the first of her. Oh, I can notice things that, uh, you don't because she sees, a strange greenish blue flicker, which is why I thought it might be ghosts, like some mm. some actual Jedi ghosts, because she sees essentially the same color that the fucking like Jedi ghosts in Star Wars take that kind of bluish green color, and Finn doesn't. So I was like, ooh, yeah, it's the ghosts are helping specifically Dusk because they're like, hey, we're cool Jedi and we. <laughs> We know that Finn's a secret bad guy. <laughs> I'll be honest. When I saw the the brief flash of blue green, my my initial thought was, "Oh, Skywalker followed them. Luke's here," and uh, and that's the author's not remembering which lightsaber he has right now. He's like, "Well, it's blue." <laughs> well, I thought or you green. were going to say it was Saint Elmo's fire. So, <laughs> well, I I mean, <laughs> I could be your man in motion. <laughs> well, it's a shame you don't have a pair of wheels. <laughs> well, I guess I better take us where my future's lying. Uh, yeah, I, I figured it was a lightsaber flash. That that was my actual thought, was that it was Luke picking his way around the same temple that obviously, with this book ending the only way it can, with Finn being both the secret agents mentioned in the intro chapter, that someone's going to need to come along and rescue our, char our main character. No, because this is obviously the type of story where at the end, Dusk gets to be like, Either I redeemed this bad boy to be a good boy now, good for me, they can be changed, don't let anyone tell you otherwise, or she'll be like, I had to kill my love, but I'm stronger for it, and I'm in the, the alliance now. Those are both very, very good story beats that would make a lot of sense, and therefore they cannot possibly be what the actual ending of this book is. <laughs> Uh, by just basic rules of everything I've read previously, it's going to be something stupid where she needs a man to rescue her and probably drag her around by the elbow. <laughs> Follow me, said Luke Skywalker. <laughs> Ooh, he's handsome, she immediately thought. I don't want Why to am I thinking you, this? but I will. <laughs> don't tell me what to do, man. I'll do whoever, whatever he tells me to do. So anyway, she doesn't want to swim under the waterfall. That seems icky. But she's gonna, because that's the only place to go, and she really wants to be a part of the Alliance, so. Well, yeah, remember, we established that she's afraid of water. Mm -hmm. She's very afraid of water. We have learned this. She's got a deep fear of swimming and of being specifically deep underwater. It's a drowning is her number one fear. Yeah, but she's gonna do it anyway, and nothing wrong will happen, and it's fine. Yeah, that's pretty much what happens. They swim under the waterfall, and there's a cave under there. Yeah. Wow, what a great spot in an MMO setting. Hell yeah. 
I hope there's some more MMO animals in here. Oh, gosh. Get ready. Uh, as they pick their way through the cave, it's obvious that that uh, it's a man-made cave structure. It's been dug out and not uh, a natural cave. Uh, but she still hears dripping up ahead, which seems weird because if it's a dugout cave, then how is there dripping? Uh, I would have assumed pretty much just because it's right behind a waterfall and moisture buildup is a real thing. But whatever. Yep. She's right. She's got to be right. There's got to be something in here dripping. Huh. Uh now, but the, they may- uh, unfortunately, the scanner that Finn has been using shorts out, even though it should survive going in the water with no problem and last for a long time. Something has shorted it out, which, again, made me think that, like, some Jedi ghost went, <laughs> Jedi ghost is a pretty Dee-dee. neat concept. I, I'll be honest, I, I don't hate it that there's some Jedi ghost who's just fiddling with everything and make little, making little blue-green lights. Yeah. I figured around. that because I'm I'm 100% on team Finn is the bad guy and we're about to see it. Um, I, I figured he fucked with it while he was swimming to like make it less easy to find the thing for some reason. See, Maybe that, waiting for his ride to show up, something like that. That makes zero sense. Hmm. Okay. But like, also, uh, Dusk at this point is like, ooh, it feels like eyes are on me and I'm being watched. And Finn says, you know, Oh, I just felt a little uneasy, so I was like, yeah, yeah, ghosts, fucking ghosts. (laughs) Well, okay, we can have our two different opinions. I'm going to take the obvious boring one that our main character's love interest is a bad guy, and you can have ghosts. I mean, the love interest is obviously the bad guy. He just didn't mess with his own scanner to finish his own mission. Anyway, they have to make their way through the the cave, and at certain points, the cave collapses into huge bridges going over endless expanses of stalagmites and stalactites, and it's all very, very pretty. And then... And and pretty dark. Yeah, and pretty dark. It's pretty goddamn dark in there. It's darkly pretty. But then eventually, they come to a crossroads, and they have no choice but to split up so they can do more damage that way. Indeed, and... You know, Dusk has the good idea of, hey, so I've had this aerosol spray in my bag the entire time we've been (laughs) tromping through the jungle, and it makes it so that nothing can smell you. It gets rid of your your natural stink. And I didn't use it until right now in the cave, but here, have some stuff. I know we just went through a waterfall and are the least stinky we could possibly be. Yeah, exactly. But you'd think they would have used that rather than, you know, get attacked by the big lizard or have to navigate their way around the wolf packs or whatever. But uh, but specifically, it's a pheromone blocker, which means that it only works in the off chance that they run into an animal that can't see and specifically uses smell as not only its primary, but pretty much its only source of interacting with the world. Yeah, it'll just mask your normal scent. So, so anyway, obviously there's going to be one of those in here. Yeah, because a MacGuffin that we had no idea existed until right this very moment where she's like, here's a thing that blocks your scent, and that's all it does. Anyway, I'll see you later. This is definitely going to be a thing that comes up right now. Also, what do you think the odds are that there's some aerosol spray that you can craft in that uh, the MMO that would reduce the range at which mobs pick up on you? Like ah, it, it drops your aggro radius dramatically. To... That's got to be what that is, right? 
that it's actually an item that bioengineers can make uh, make that reduces your aggro radius. That would be amazing. I would love that. I'm surprised they didn't use the actual name of whatever item it was in the game. Mm. Like that would have made a lot of if they were just like here use one of these. By the way, to make this, I had to mix bantha snot with a rhodian's ear, and uh, it's worth 750 credits on the open market today. Mm. Uh, so they they cover themselves with no smell spray where they can't where you, it literally is a smell neutralizer. Once uh, once Finn has it on, he gives it a try and he's like, "Huh, I smell nothing. I smell like nothing. I am nothing. Ah, I'm a big and, old nothing." Yeah, and, and she's like, "That's exactly how it should work. Now you smell like nothing. They won't know what to do if all they can do is smell specifically." Yeah. Anyway, let's split up. <laughs> and indeed they do. They split up. And and uh, while we lose access to Finn for a while, they do have comm links to each other. Uh, but we follow Dusk as she goes picking her way through the darkness of the cave and starts finding uh, very, very skeletonized skeletons. Yep. Some completely flesh dissolved off very clean looking skeletons very spirit halloween looking skeletons mhm perfectly clean bone piles just rattling around on the ground being spooky scary obviously of humanoids as well yes and, th- and they don't have any they don't have any clothes on them and they don't have any kind of equipment or anything they're just little bone mats around and she's like whoa what's this thing but she doesn't necessarily want to immediately call Finn because obviously whatever made the bone pile might still be around. So she might as well be quiet, but that's when Finn calls her is when she finds the first skeleton. He's just like, Hey, I didn't find anything. It's me, Finn. How are you? Lol. What's up? And she's like, nothing much. Stay off the comms. I found humanoid remains. And then she continues to wander. And I don't know. She finds like an interesting dead end that has nothing in it. And, um, some more bones and boy is it ever not all that interesting but eventually she makes her way to what looks like the the remnants of some kind of encampment well i mean first we have to find our big dumb monster thing that is part of the mmo yeah yeah okay i guess we can talk about the quanker or the the bile nosed quanker or whatever its official name was i mean bile drenched quanker is what she there it called is it. but i assume that's that's more of a descriptor in the video game where it's like, there are quankers, and then you're like, ah, this one's a bile-drenched quanker. That means it's got a bile attack. Yeah, it's either got, like, more uh, hit points. It's like the elite model of the basic quanker. I figured it was just that there's quankers on most of the planets, and they used bile-drenched to make this one sound more dangerous because Danduin's high level. But I yeah, mean, it's a bile- Whatever. What? It's obviously yet another little animal from the MMO. Hell, I even looked it up already. It kind of looks like if a a scaly dolphin had two legs. Yeah, I mean and, it's it's like a little hopping rat with one of those fucking super thin alligator snouts. Yeah, it's like a like a two legged hopping caiman. So it, it's exactly the thing that that the spray was designed for. It, it can't see for shit. But it sure can smell, so it comes hopping in, sniffing and sniffing, bile dripping from its very long snout, because these things use bile as, like, an attack and eating method. Yeah, it's basically just got acid mouth, Mm -hmm. and uh, it's so bad at detecting literally anything that it can't smell 
that it's like standing on her foot and does not realize that she is there. Yeah, it hops right up to her and is sniffing around and she whispers to nobody like its eyes don't work like ours do. And it sniffs and sniffs and drops some bile on her shoe and just sort of hoots and looks around and eventually it gives up and scuffles out of the room again. Yep, and leaves behind a big old sack of oats. <laughs> These quinker yeah. oats. Now, uh, so she's for her first thought is like, ooh, I should get a sample of that thing. I've got to have a study mo- a bit. I got to get some juice out of that guy. Yeah, hopefully I can take some samples from my boot that it was standing on, but I'll do that later. Now, one thing she isn't going to do is get on the comms and warm, warn Finn that acid-spitting two-legged alligator monsters are roaming the halls because she doesn't want that thing to come back in. Well, also, she was like, you know, if Finn had called me right now, that thing would have known I was there and I'd been fucked. She's like, I don't want to call him just in case he is in a similar predicament. And then when I call, the thing's like, ah, there you are. <laughs> yeah. So instead, she makes her she continues and makes her way along until, yeah, we find our way to a cave outcropping that has the remnants of an old campfire, some more scattered bones and bodies, definitely sign of a previous encampment. Uh, yeah, she has a whole there's a fire inter- pit and uh, like a spit over it and a, a whole bunch of stuff set up like clearly someone was here. Yeah, and she has a whole inner monologue going on where she's wondering to herself, like, who would have built this? It, it can't be the Jedi because the fire pit would have been gone by now. And it's she she even thinks the fire might have been very recent because she, like, checks it to see if it's still hot. Uh, but, and the, but the Dantari wouldn't have done this, the cave people that still live on Dantooine at this point, uh, because, you know, they, they wouldn't bother coming in here. The Quankers aren't, there's no good food on a Quanker. Yeah, it's it's too much trouble for what you're going to get out of it trying to hunt a quanker. Right. So she's like, who did this? And then, as she's looking at the old fire pit, she suddenly gets a feeling, some kind of feeling deep in her brain that's definitely because she's a Jedi and not because there's ghosts. And and uh, she's like, some wait. ghost was like, hey, hey, look in there. Hey, kiss the girl. <laughs> so she goes digging hand, hands down into the ash and wouldn't you know it, there's the fucking holocron. Yeah, she double fists that ash and then comes out with a prize. Mm-hmm. A holocron, a perfect little cube with lights running along its edges. Uh, she doesn't turn it on or anything, but she, it is glor- glorious and gorgeous, and she looks at it, and she's like, oh, my God, my thing, my reason, the thing I hoped I wouldn't die before I discovered. Now I'm definitely committed to the Alliance even more than I was the last time I committed to the Alliance. Uh. And uh, at this point, she fi- I think Finn calls her again to just be like, hey, uh, yeah, we should probably think about doubling out of here. And she's like, I found it. I found the thing. Oh, yeah. Finn basically like chirps the communicator. But before he can even say what the fuck he wants, she's just like, got it. Yeah. So now he's excited and she's like, great, let's go back to where we had been, meet up and get the hell out of here. Let's not worry about it. And so she quietly makes her way through the cave, trying to get back to where Finn was. Uh, but at a certain, she starts to get worried because as she's making her way along, she doesn't see any of those quankers. And she's like, I should have at least passed one by now. Maybe they found him. And lo and behold, of course they did. Yeah. Well, I mean, because she had passed one on the way down, she's like, you know, I- I'm going to have to go past at least that one on the way out. 
But when she doesn't nah, see that, she's like, "Whip!" <laughs> no, nah, it did. It despawned instead of pathing back to its regular route. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so in, instead, she finds three quankers surrounding and attacking a beleaguered Finn. Yes, blasters drawn, zapping away. But ooh, wouldn't you know it? Quankers got that hard armor body, and they can take a shot like no problem. Yeah. Now. Does that mean they can take a bunch of shots? No. So what's going to happen here is we're going to have a straight up MMO fight where where our characters stand around with blasters drawn about eight feet from the monsters and go pew, 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 pew. And then a small amount of damage is taken off the monster and then the monster attacks and then pew, 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 pew. Oh, okay. He did a slight bit more damage to one of the monster's three types of health bar. Ah. Because that's actually what happens. They just sit there shooting at them over and over again until they just sort of break. Yeah, I mean, they don't take any damage. And they manage to murder these little croco rats. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, that's uh, that's basically it. Finn manages to shoot one of them to death while Dusk gets the other two. It's, I mean, it's it's difficult to even get into how boring this is, because it's like, this is supposed to be the big climatic fight in the in the scene where they find the thing, and it comes down to, all right, a regular path of little croco rats finds them, and they have to shoot them, and it's it's basically a standard and then, MMO engagement, and, and there's nothing Dusk exciting. And then Dusk pulls aggro. Yeah, Dusk pulls aggro on one of them, allowing Finn to hit his reload button, then he shoots one till it starts to run away, but it had a dot on it, so it died while it was running away. And then they killed they together. They ganged up and killed the third one. Uh, how you doing? Anyway, nobody took any damage. Nothing spooky happened, and uh, <sighs> Dust gets a vial of the saliva from one of these things because she's like, well. I can't not take this. Also, (laughs) don't you know from when I grabbed a snake, I'm always going to take something dangerous from an animal or just the whole animal. My number one source of damage in this game is animal chunks I picked up in the previous fight. Look, now I've got a single-use item called acid. (laughs) Well, at least after they all die, she gets a chance to reconnoiter with Finn. She shows him the... uh, the thing, the 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 holocron. She's like, look, here it is. I found it. We found it. We can go. And she tries to give it to him. And he's like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Why don't you hold on to that? Yeah. Um, and and then there's a whole thing where she's spent the, the first part of this chapter talking to herself about how it's obvious that she's the leader now, that she's been kind of leading and that Finn's just been sort of deferring to her for days. But the moment that she has the holocron, everything changes, and now he's in charge, and he's trying to lead them back to the ship. And she's like, well, that was easy. I'm well, glad I mean, to be that's following next orders. Chapter. I know. I know. But that's our transition, is her kind of going, huh, He w- I was in charge, and now he's in charge. It's like a dance. And then they get out of the I cave. I mean, you're, you're still wrong. That's later in the next chapter. You're very wrong about everything, and uh. you can't remember this book. Take notes. Why why you got to be mean to me? I'm trying here. This all this shit happened. No one's going to read this. No one cares. No one's going to come up here and be like, "Hey, did you know you were 5 pages early on a thing?" No, no one's going to fucking care. It's a book review or sort of. It's sort of a book blow by blow. I don't even know what the fuck this show is. What's the show? <laughs> what are where are we right now? What's happening? 
And yet you're like, no, it's got to be page accurate. We got to cover what happens in one page, then the next page. The most exciting way to do this. I'm John. Uh, I mean, that's Uh, the way you want to do it, but you're bad at it, so it's fine. (laughs) Uh, Uh, Plus, she only thinks that because, you know, it has to be once Finn actually takes control and mm -hmm. is like, follow me. I'm in charge now. Anyway, he says, follow me. I'm in charge now. And then he leads her out of the cave. (laughs) Uh, No, they, they head out of the cave and... We get the last thing in the chapter is essentially once they get out there, Finn is standing around and he's like, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. And before he can say, because I need to betray you and take that holocron, out come some pirates and they're like, oh, you're going to be sorry. We need to take that holocron. (laughs) What are they, Popeye? Maybe. I don't know. Uh, They're the gray talon. And I tried to look them up, and they only exist for this book. Yeah, and probably just for this scene. The uh, fucking Grey Talon show up, and they're like, Arr, we'll be taking whatever be in that locker, what he done found. And yeah, she they're, they're going to steal whatever they pulled out of the cave. And I don't think they even fucking know what's in there. They're just no, like, hey, you went in there. No, the weird thing about me is they're like, hey, give me the thing you found. And I'm like, how do you know they found anything? They haven't said anything to each other outside of, I'm so sorry. Like, what are you, what, <laughs> what the fuck do you I think mean, is maybe, going on? Maybe they got the comm channel. So they heard the couple, the, the line on the comm when she was like, I found it. I found the thing. I got it. Yeah. Maybe that's what it is. Like they're, they've been listening into the comm link, but uh, anyway, they're like, yeah, hand it over or we'll blow holes in you and also shoot this guy. So she starts digging through her bag and, you know, as as you would probably expect based on everything else that's happened in this book, instead she gets her little vial of pig a- or croco pig acid and hucks it at, at the guy and gets it in his eyes. Yeah, because, hey. you know, she's only a bioengineer in as much as she's like, I want to take some deadly weapons from animals and throw them at people. Yeah. Yeah, she lives to just huck, to just throw animal chunks at people and claim that she's better with swords than with guns, but never actually use a sword. Uh, so exactly. So she see, I know shit about the book. Anyway, um, ah. this works for a split second. Basically, Finn manages to take advantage of the confusion by blasting the person who had a gun trained on him. Uh, and then the two of them sort of fall off the little bridge they're standing on and into rushing rapids to get away from the situation. But there's an explosion and a flash of light as they're falling. And uh, obviously it's going to result in one of them being injured when it's time for them to get back to, or, or for, time for us to get back to them. Well, yeah, because Dusk used the person she threw bile into their face as like a human shield against the third pirate. Mm-hmm. But then... Like, she got tackled, and so Finn had to tackle the pirate that was on her, off her, and oh no, he got blastered in the leg. But all the pirates are dead, at least, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So, luckily, no more pilots to chase after them, but he is really injured. He's got a nasty burn on his leg from the blaster shot, and it looks worse than it is, actually, because as soon as they get a moment to rest out there on that riverbank. She's like, Oh, okay. Okay. I can deal with this. I have first aid skills cause I'm a bioengineer. So she slaps a back to patch on it and starts getting ready to like wake him up. Yeah. So she 
you know, patches him up and then is like, and here's a stim pack to get you going. And he's like, huh? I'm still a little groggy. And she's like, here's more. What could possibly go wrong? Just Let's have just as stim much the- stim as you want. Just stim the crap out of this guy. Let's see how stimmy he could even get. Anyway, and- he was comes comes awake with a start and tries to get like moving. And she's like, no, hold on. You've been shot. You got to calm down. And he's like, no time to calm down. We have to go. We have to get the fuck off this planet. Oh, yeah. And at first he's like, just leave me here. I'll slow you down. You need to get off planet without me. And I was like, ooh, that's his one way of trying to be like, maybe I can not betray you. But instead, she's just like, no, I'm going to patch you up and we're going to go together. Fuck you. You have to say you betray me at some point. Yep. So eventually he's like, okay, okay, I guess I'm going with you, but I'm going to need more of that sweet stim. I need another dart in me. (laughs) Y'all got any of that stim? (laughs) So eventually they get up and they start picking their way back through. Remember, they've been walking for like three fucking days to get here. So they are on. Oddly enough, it takes them like less than the night to get back. And also (laughs) nothing happens. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think they just fast travel. They just opened up their map and fast traveled back to where they had been. Oh, yeah, they're like, well, we took the save point right outside camp, so we could just go back there. I mean, I know people are going to point out that this is a way older MMO than that, and fast travel wasn't even a fucking thing. Uh, They might as well have just died and respawned in Town's Med Center. Uh, But anyway, yeah, they they just immediately are back, and oh, no, wouldn't you know it, being back isn't as safe as one might have hoped, because the Empire is already here. Oh, yeah, and we get... uh... (laughs) We get a little thing where I assume this is something about Finn's backstory, maybe, but like we see a mama lizard kill its own baby. Oh, God, that took for fucking forever. Oh, yeah. It's just pages of like, ah, yes, a mama kills its baby to attract a predator to the blood, and then it kills the predator and eats it because they were both starving. And Finn gets fucked up by this yeah he's like genuinely offended at the at the biology he's seeing on display so there's a big lizard and i don't even remember what its fucking name is it's the second big lizard in three chapters there's an, enough with the big lizards yeah it's uh a, it's a bowl i think yeah a b-o-l yeah. that sounds right uh, yeah that's so, it yeah and it, it's a, a horned lizard that's big it's like seven feet long comes out with a littler one in its mouth shakes it to death and hucks it into a clearing and He's like, wait, are those things cannibalistic? Oh, no, they're never cannibalistic. Not even a little bit. Not even ever. Uh, but that's just bait. It's it's laying out bait to catch another one. It killed its own child. Well, that's horrific. You can't do that. That's cheating. As if he's going to go argue <laughs> with a monster. What a horrendous betrayal. I'm like, dude, it's a lizard. I get that this is probably something in your own either backstory or your now thinking to yourself about how you're going to have to betray Dusk and she's a little baby. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Uh, we're, we're having yeah. to see his his man pain for a moment and it's just boring and it works. Uh, I think a her tune, one of those wolf things comes out trying to eat the little lizard and immediately gets snapped up and eaten by the big lizard. Indeed. So and we, good we have to have, we have a whole thing coming from Dusk here where she's like, yeah, normally they wouldn't kill their own infants. They're not stupid. It's just that that infant was going to die no matter what she did, so she might as well use him to stay alive herself. Oh, yeah. 
you know, they were both starving, and if they hadn't gotten any food, then she would just watch her kid starve to death. So instead of that, she'll just kill it and then, you know, survive herself. But Finn is not having it. And also, God, there is so much shit in here that just is Dusk thinking to herself about how sad she is that Finn seems disappointed in her. Yeah. Yeah, because they had a big old makeout session two episodes ago. So, and she keeps wondering, when are we going to get to some more makeouts? And it never seems to happen. Oh, yeah. Well, obviously, when he was saying, I'm so sorry at the waterfall, that was a signal because he knew that the pirates were about to show up and she didn't catch it. And so now he's disappointed in her. Oh, she's so dumb and stupid. How could she (laughs) not have realized what was going on? Uh, also, I gotta say, what's up with this lizard? Uh, if you're gonna kill your own kid, fucking eat it. Why you, you, you should eat it too. That's that's a waste of protein you're leaving on the ground. I mean, maybe she did, but maybe they're toxic to each other. Who knows? Oh, that's a good question. Maybe they are toxic to each other. In which case, she was taking her life into her hands when she started chewing on her baby to get enough blood out of him to attract others. Yeah, but Just yeah, chomping no, gotta, on him and whipping him that's around. A, that's a fair point. Uh, anyway, yeah, One she spends a lot point. of time just moping that that Finn seems really disappointed, even though clearly she he shouldn't be because let's see he's she's recently saved his life and found the holocron. Oh yeah, it was like oh he's he's mad that I didn't understand his very clearly not a signal to signal that pirates were coming and now he's angry. I'm like, but then you also murdered two pirates and saved his life, so you know. Yeah, yeah. So whatever. Eventually, they they after we experience a lot of Finn's man pain, and and she asks him even here. She's like, "Hey, by the way, when we were at that bridge we had to jump off of, you said you were really sorry, and you must have been disappointed in me for not noticing the pirates. But now that doesn't feel right. So why were you apologizing?" And he's like, "Uh, don't worry about it. Yeah, let's say let's that. Just let's say don't about worry what happened about, back yeah. there." That's not even a thing at all. And she's like, oh. you worry your pretty little head about it, Missy. But now follow me. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. And and you know, what's weird, John, is at this point, she starts wondering to herself, like, hey, it used to be like I was in charge. And now it's like this guy's taking over. (laughs) And what's that about? Indeed. Fuck you. You Anyway. You did it. Uh, they make their way back to the fucking place, and the Empire has landed. There's a shuttle, and there's stormtroopers all over the place. And, oh, no, that can't be good, because clearly they, they showed up when she used her clearance to get here in the first place. Oh, yeah. She immediately, because this is dusk, is like, clearly this is something I did. I fucked up somehow. Somehow, yeah. something I said or did made it so that they realized that we're not supposed to be here, and now the Empire's here. I mean, I kind of get that just because it's clear that there's a whole big race for this holocron going on. So, yes, the Empire is going to be following them, too. But in any event, it's I mean, it, it's only her fault in her own head for now. Uh, but she's like, well, now, what, what, how are we going to get past them? OK, here's what's going to happen. You need to get the holocron to Princess Leia. So I'm going to go sacrifice myself to these stormtroopers and then distract them long enough for you to get on the ship and fly away. And he's like. No, that's that's dumb. <laughs> the only what way I'm wondering I'm about it is with you, baby. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I'm wondering, does, has he now had a change of heart because of the rescue? Because 
oh, honestly, he could just walk right into camp and be like, what's up? I'm a double agent. Kill that lady. Let's get the hologram. Yeah, well, but I he's... mean, that's the thing is he's clearly conflicted like this entire time because he's had plenty of points where he could have just been like, all right, well, now I'm going to go take it. Yeah. And he even set time up and started doing it. I, I, Yeah, he must be conflicted. He probably will have to do it on the ship in a little while. I'm sorry. I don't respect the end of this book anymore. It's obvious what's going to happen. I'm just wondering when. Now, the thing that gets me that I don't understand with, I mean, mm-hmm. we still don't know 100%, but it obviously is clear that Finn is the agent sent here. But Yeah, he's both agents. If If he's the agent, then was he the one who called the TIE fighters when they went to Corellia? Because that seems stupid that you would call TIE fighters on yourself, given that they both almost died. No, I assume he's some sort of ultra super deep cover agent, and that means he sometimes has to work even in situations that would otherwise, you know, be fatal or stupid. But but I, like I, he wouldn't call them on himself. No, absolutely he wouldn't. Which just means they got caught normal style. I don't think so. Yeah, I, think, I don't know. I think that was all a setup. You think that was a ruse? You think he just murdered Perali? And took over to really drive home the uh, the honeypot trap he's been springing on Dusk the whole book? <laughs> yeah, nothing brings two people together like a life-threatening situation, you know, after several life-threatening situations. Yeah, he was just like, man, I don't think she's had enough life-threatening situations yet. Maybe one or two more, like... When we get to Dantooine, I'm going to make sure we don't just fucking take speeder bikes to the ruins. Why don't we wander around and let animals bat us around some more? <laughs> she seems into that. Uh, but the counter plan that uh, Finn has, instead of Dusk just walking up and giving herself up, and in the commotion, Finn somehow runs to the uh, the shuttle and leave, is... Finn has three thermal detonators. He's like, let's set these with a good old timer, and then when they blow up, then in the confusion we'll go. Yeah, this is kind of, this is a very role-playing gamey plan that he develops here, where he's just like, I know how we'll do this. We'll fucking blow shit up. Just blow up so much shit. Hell yeah. I mean, they were supposed to have, like... At least some Imperial-looking clothes, I would assume, because they did show up initially and, like, the Empire boarded their ship and whatnot. You'd think they'd be like, oh, we'll start explosions, and then in the commotion, no one will be able to tell if we're, like, the people they are looking for or not. But no, it's just, ah, we'll make explosions and then hope for the best. Yeah, they just blow shit up and run. That's what the plan basically boils down to. So they set up three of them with timers, so they'll blow up the med center, and then one of those machines you could click on in that game that gave you jobs, and then a crafting station. And one by one, they blow them up, and it causes a huge commotion, and they make a a mad dash to get to the ship and get on board on time. But, oh, it was a long way to run, and they eventually get noticed and are being pursued. Yes, and... Eventually, a stormtrooper, like, catches them as they're trying to get into the shuttle, and Dusk just kind of, like, hangs out and stalls for time before the third detonator that was set up near the shuttle explodes and murders him. 
Yeah, yeah. So luckily, a, an extra guy gets gets murked as, as they make their way out. But they get on board the shuttle, and I gotta be—I gotta say this here: I am stunned that they get off planet. I don't mean that they probably should have died. That's not what I'm trying to say. I mean, story-wise, I'm stunned that this is going to finish in space and not in the ruins of Dantooine. Oh, yeah. The ruins of Dantooine are literally only a page and a half in the entire book. I figured once we got to them, we were done. Like, it was going to be, okay, great, everything's going to happen here now. We're going to get some bad guys, like some pirates, sure, some stormtroopers, why not? Maybe a monster, uh, a Jedi or two. But we're not leaving this location because we found the fucking ruins. But no, even though we still we know exactly what's going to happen and we still have all the necessary dramatis personae, let's go on one more shuttle ride. Yeah, we got to have a final... I assume emotional heart to heart between the two of them where Finn has to decide between his loyalties to the empire and his love of dusk. And I, I, I'm going to go ahead and predict that the love wins out at the end and it's a happy ending and they get the holocron to the, uh, the Alliance without having to murder each other. That is a fact. I I never said they're going to murder each other. I think that uh, that neither of them dies, uh, but they that he still betrays her in the end here. I think it's coming. I mean, I, if, I don't know if he's going to betray, but I think he'll reveal he was supposed to. Okay. Well, I guess we, we aren't going to find out this episode, so tune in in the final episode of the show to find out. And honestly, we might we could end it here because all that really happens at this point is, oh, that, that flight into orbit was sure was scary, uh, and thank goodness we got away. Yeah. And he turns to her and says, you're right, we're done. But he sounds so sad. Oh, no. Why is he so sad? What do we think is going on? (laughs) He's evil. He's clearly evil. Definitely a bad guy. Have you seen his double mohawks? That's a bad guy haircut. God. I'm so (laughs) sad that I saw that picture because now I'm like, oh, I had an image in my head and it wasn't that doofus. Yo, no, he looks awful. He looks like someone's OC do not steal fan creation for like a fanfic lead singer for uh, some 90s techno band. It's real bad. It's He's just very like, bad. Yeah, this is Jeff, the prodigy lead singer, OC do not steal. So anyway, that's I, I, I he's clearly a bad guy. That that image was horrible. Okay, so that's pretty much the end of it. We don't have much else to talk about this week, but we do have, I forget if it's one or two more chapters. I think it's two, and then we're done. Yep, two chapters, one episode left. So there's only a single episode for this book to get off its ass and do anything, and I say that knowing that they that this episode featured them finding the MacGuffin and ma- managing to escape and get off planet. It still felt like nothing was happening. <laughs> So, uh, tune in in uh, this this weekend for the. Uh, I think it was probably going to end up being the last expanded unit or expounded universe. Gosh, it's been getting me. The last expounded universe of 2020. Yeah, we're. Uh, let's see, Tuesday the 22nd, I think. Yeah, Tuesday the 22nd. So, so uh, that one should come out, and then we won't see until again until January for that. Plus, after we do the wrap-up episode, we're still going to take some time off before we start the next book. So get excited. It's coming soon. Yeah, we got new stuff coming in the pipeline. We're all coming in that pipeline. Yeah, that pipeline's been getting gross. Can we uh, can we do something <laughs> about that nasty pipeline, John? 
You're supposed to wash the pipeline off after you come through the pipeline. <laughs> I feel like Finn is the lead singer of 90s techno band The Nasty Pipeline. <laughs> All right, let's get out of here. I think we've had we've probably done enough bullshit for today. Uh, except we haven't, because now it's time to go make some bonus content. That's right. Head on over to patreon.com slash system mastery. Join us at the $2 or more level. You unlock our bonus content, our expanded expounded universe, where we're deep diving into Wikipedia and finding some weird nonsense to talk to you about. And maybe we might learn a little something about ourselves along the way. Yeah, that's, that's definitely the plan. We want to learn a little something about ourselves. Uh, so yeah, tune or check us out over there at patreon.com slash system mastery at the $2 level. There are other levels you can join as well for additional amounts of content. And as we ro roll towards the new year, I do want people to be as up to speed as they can be. We're going to be making finally the switch from, uh, from per episode to monthly. Almost everybody should not be seeing a price change. It's just going to be that you usually got charged twice a month. So now it's the equivalent as if you had been being charged twice a month. Yep, we're just finally going to set it to a flat monthly rate, and you will know exactly what you're paying per month, no matter what. Exactly. So finally, it'll be your chance to uh, to know exactly what you're giving dance. to us. Yeah, your chance to do a hip-hop dance. Honestly, I don't know why it's your, it's your chance for anything. This shouldn't really affect people hardly at all. It's mostly so that we can do things like merch integration and stuff. And and finally quit worry or quit worrying people that there's going to come a day when we'll make 65 episodes one month or something. Ugh. We never did it and we never will. All right. All right so uh, that's yeah. everything. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you in a week with a yet more exciting Star Wars content. Until such time as we do, I've been Elan Slezbagiano. And I'm definitely betraying these death sticks.